Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today, I speak with Trisha Govinda Same from South Africa. She is an award-winning South African scientist specializing in geographic information systems and data science. She works as the Senior Data Product Manager for Africa's largest civic technology and data journalism initiative, Code for Africa. Trisha manages Code for Africa's data lab, which supports data journalism projects by sourcing data, cleaning and analyzing it, and designing novel data visualization techniques. Trisha is also a coordinator for Africa's largest network of female data scientists, journalists, and technologists, WANADATA, and she creates content and trains data literacy as part of Academy.Africa, one of the continent's largest digital journalism skills initiatives. Trisha has a strong interest in using data and technology to drive change and impact in Africa and the global south through the development of digital tools for localized informed decision making. Trisha and I spoke about leveraging team members for peer learning, separating personal and project check-ins, and embracing the world of data. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to the Everyday Leader Podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. So you are based in Durban, South Africa, and you serve as the Senior Data Product Manager for the Data Lab at Code for Africa. Uh, but before we get into your work there, I'd love to start by just um, you briefly introducing yourself and sharing an early management or leadership story you experienced early on in your career that uh, maybe set you on your journey as a leader. So I'm Trisha, and I actually have a background in earth sciences. I was an unemployed graduate for about eight months, and little did I know that the world of open data would find me. And when I say the world of open data found me, that when I first got a fellowship, uh, I had no idea what open data was. I didn't know what data science was. I didn't know what civic tech was or any of those things. And ever since then, my life has just become about data and how data can be leveraged for good and how tech can be used for solving a problem and for good. So me becoming a manager was a natural and a fun process. So at my current organization, Code for Africa, I was one of the founding team members of what is now the Data Lab. It was uh, my manager who sits on the Exco, and it was me, so a very small team. So as the team started growing to uh, two more members, I, I then was pushed into a managerial role to manage, uh, to manage this much smaller team. Got it. You, you described it as uh, getting pushed into that role. Um, do you feel like you were prepared uh, for that shift? And, and how did your day-to-day change in terms of working with uh, data and then eventually um, you know, becoming a manager in that sense? So it first started off really small and slow. So when we had to work on a particular project, or let's just say the simplest thing as a data visualization, like a graph or a chart, if we had to create something like that, uh, the team would work on it together, and I would do the review of it, the final review, and then I'd submit it higher up and be like, okay, 
The team has done it, I've reviewed it, and this is our final product. So I would work alongside the team and also manage them. It was only later on did I then become more of a people manager and manage the HR side of things. And is that something that uh, you enjoyed and you felt that you were uh, well equipped to do? I know, uh, you know a lot of people who start in individual contributor roles, and I can I can imagine what a, a data scientist, um, what their day to day might look like. And, and you describe yourself as a data wrangler um, and then shifting now to working with multiple data scientists, I imagine uh, is a different skill set. And I'm wondering um, th that first year or two in that people management role, um, how you went about uh, learning leadership and developing your leadership style. So Chris, that's a very interesting question. Because when I started off my career, I wanted to be a hardcore data scientist. I wanted to be sitting on my laptop, coding, learning how to code, because I was trying to learn how to code. Because as I mentioned, um, Data science was not something that I had studied. Um, and I was actually pushing for a career in data science. But fast forward now, I'm actually happy that my career went down a management path because I've learned so much about myself. I really enjoy being with people and working with people. Uh, and I much rather work with people than just sitting behind my laptop, crunching numbers and not having that human interaction. Now, I believe you touched on the topic of, of unemployment early on in your career. And, and within South Africa, youth unemployment is, is quite an acute uh, challenge. How does uh, the fact that you know, many um, young professionals are unemployed factor into the day-to-day -day lived experience of an employee and a manager um, when you are employed, uh, how does that uh, dynamic play out? I have friends who have graduated with me uh, and are still looking for employment. And I've seen them go through minimum wage jobs to working at clothing stores, to doing anything to make ends meet. Uh, some of them go through um, depression. Some of them go through a lot of issues and it, it's quite hard. And um, the advice I'd give to people is try and get yourself out there. Start blogging, get active on LinkedIn. Um, there's lots of online scholarships out there. Start building, uh, start taking some of, uh, get those scholarships, apply for the scholarships, start doing online courses, uh, make yourself more visible on Twitter and just do what you can with whatever you have available to you. Absolutely. And, and I want to dive now a bit more into uh, the work uh, of Code for Africa and, and what that entails. Can you speak more about uh, what the company does and how your current role connects to their mission? Okay, so Code for Africa is Africa's largest indigenous civic technology lab on the continent. So what this means or what civic technology means is because often people don't know, is we use data and technology to solve problems. I currently manage the data lab. And what we do is we leverage data for social good. And by doing this, we create tools or websites and applications that people can now interact with 
so they can make informed decision making. We continue to have these skill sessions. We have them every Monday. And it's become so popular that it's now open to the rest of the organization because many of them now want to join in and listen to what we have to share. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, definitely uh, dabbled in some of that as well in different teams that I've worked for and building this sense of continuous learning and a growth mindset and sharing ideas uh, both within the company and also bringing even uh, external guests in can definitely uh, uh, boost the, the sense of innovation and uh, sharing that, that uh, can happen within a company. So that's really great to hear and, and congratulations on having launched and, and continued that uh, within the company. You have a team um, and you, uh, I, I believe, work remotely uh, across uh, South Africa and beyond. Can you tell us more about the team that you work with and uh, some of the best practices that uh, have, have emerged over the past couple of years as you guys have uh, embraced remote work? Yeah, so in my direct team in my data lab, I work with people based in East Africa. So in Kenya and in Tanzania. And then in our larger knowledge team, we have people based in West Africa. And we also have people in Francophone Africa countries. We have them in Senegal and um, in uh, Cameroon. Uh, Nigeria is also quite a popular co uh, country. And as of recent, we've got our first team member from Ghana. Oh, not to mention, initial manager, who's now the boss of the knowledge team, he actually sits in Rome, Italy. So he's Italian. So we quite diversified. And I think one of the best practices is to respect each person's culture um, and embrace that. Um, yeah, I mean, especially with the language bar barriers that may come across is to always treat each person with respect and get to know them, uh, get to know their culture, get to know why they think the way they think. I'd love to maybe hear a bit more about um, how you are mm -hmm. developing as a leader. Leadership is a journey. You've been managing people now for a number of years. Uh, but I imagine that, you know, it's if you're overseeing a team, overseeing a project a program, that there's always going to be uh, blind spots, always going to be areas where you need to uh, be more mindful of and, and strategize on how to better show up uh, for your team uh, for the success of the project. Can you share maybe a bit more uh, on what you're uh, focusing on as a leader um, uh, in your current role? So what I'm focusing on is, is how to manage people better and the project. Um, you know, I don't want my team to be overloaded with work. I want there to be a life work balance. Uh, I, and I often tell my team when they are sick, I can't force you to take sick leave. So if you are sick and you know that you're sick, please request it from me. But us Africans, we are so hardworking. We will work if there's a deadline. We will work to our, to our death almost at times. So I'm trying to, you know, 
develop that sort of um, deadline versus uh, the well-being of the employees. Yeah, and that can definitely be tricky, especially you know if you're a manager within a wider organization, you don't always have the final say. So if you are balancing these things, it's not that uh, it's just you wrestling with that balance, but you also need to almost advocate it and protect your team and communicate to other stakeholders uh, upwards and across the organization to make that um, uh, realistic for your team, but also uh, a compromise with other teams who may be dependent on uh, output from you. Um, so uh, I'm wondering, uh, you know, with this leadership journey that you're on, uh, what have you found helpful uh, in terms of resources that uh, you've sought out or uh, have been brought to you that have helped you continually upskill yourself? So I think for me, I was quite fortunate that I've always had good managers. So a lot of the skills I developed were from them, how they treated me with respect, um, I've learned that the way they've communicated, I've learned that even the director of my organization, he may be the director, but he treats me as an equal. And I've learned all of those skills just by being among the right people. I'm just very fortunate. And we, we were talking earlier before uh, the recording started around how you've also pursued um, technical and other uh, hard skill development uh, in your leadership role. Can you speak more about how you uh, balance uh, developing yourself while also serving in your role? Yeah, so I do that after hours. Uh, it becomes a lot, but it's time and dedication because I know that for me, I'm quite ambitious and that I want to, you know, contribute to my organization uh, and their development. So at the end of the day, it's going to help me personally in my career development and also help my organization. So a lot of the time I spend uh, doing online courses will be after hours. Um, so on the weekends, after work, uh, but I make sure I always try and have a balance. Is there an example of how you have uh, pursued some kind of online course uh, in, in some skill area and you being able to directly apply that to a work project? Oh, well, there's many. Um, you can go back to, so go back to learning something as pivot tables, you know? Uh, it was like a new thing. Many people didn't know about it or it wasn't as popular as it is now. I did a Microsoft Excel course. I learned pivot tables. Um, then I, more recent, I did the Google uh, project management course. And it sh shows you so much uh, from Agile to Scrums uh, to creating Gantt charts to project charters and the way to think like a project manager. And that just helps you. You can, even if you've done project management your entire life, you can take a course and you would learn something and that would just change the way you think when you are now developing um, or working in your project. And it makes you think of new methodologies and new ways to do things. And if you had to compare yourself um, you know, as a, uh, a professional maybe five years ago when you first joined Code for Africa and 
versus where you're at now uh, as a senior data product manager manager how would you, you know, what would be the the biggest differences that you would observe about yourself okay so what i'd like to say is that i think i've matured more as an individual i've grown older of course um and i've learned to empathize more with people i've also learned how to build harmony within the team by cross matching different people on different projects so they can learn from each other and what would you say is maybe a superpower i know it's still like fairly relatively early in your career but often in the workplace we we do pick up on our strengths whether we realize that ourselves or other people pointed out about us uh, would you say that there is some kind of clear superpower or superpowers that you hold and and if so how you uh, wield that power so as i previously mentioned my superpower is empathy and harmonization i always build a close personal relationship with each of my team members one of the ways i do so is by having monthly one-on-one calls with each member i take the time to get to know my team members so i understand their career goals and help direct them down the right path we also use the session for mentoring and bonding so you you you're describing a monthly one-on-one check-in i know having spoken with a number of managers and and having uh served as a manager myself that one-on-one check-ins are definitely a powerful tool how did you go about picking the the monthly frequency and um do you find other ways to um check in on some of those topics uh, on a more frequent basis or what 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 um led you to find that balance so the monthly is more of a like a hey how are you doing it's not related to projects or work or uh what we're doing at work it's like hey how's your family what's new in your life what's the weather like what's your plans for the holiday sort of thing um so we have project check-ins that will happen more frequently during the week like two to three times a week but the just uh bonding calls um once a month because i have about uh five team members that i manage so i do one a week for about 30 minutes um other than that it becomes uh, a bit too much uh on our schedule side and i and i always tell them if you ever want to chat about anything in between these sessions just let me know and we can set one you know you, you spoke about the the types of projects that come across uh the the data lab i'm wondering what is the future of your work is there themes that are emerging on the types of projects you find yourself and your team working on are there other types of projects that you are particularly interested in in uh, getting more involved in um i'd love to hear more about how you're thinking about the future when it comes to the data lab in code for africa yeah so we quite interested in um topics of health with covid had being a big one gender we um we really want to get into more gender equality projects we already have some um and the environment climate change currently there's an outbreak of ebola in uganda 
So that is something that we're really looking into tackling right now. And how does Code for Africa go about selecting and funding the work that it does? Is it client-based or grant-based? So we're a nonprofit. So our um, projects are, are grant-based. Um, so either uh, because we've built a reputation um, in Africa, we sometimes have donors reach out to us saying, hey, we'd like to do a project on so-and-so or on such a theme. Uh, can And we have the funding. Um, and we would get that grant. Or we would then um, apply for funding to do a project. So it works two ways. Got it. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, given Code for Africa's uh, reputation and, and credibility and experience in the, the growing community that you also um, oversee, uh, it makes a lot of sense that a lot of organizations would want to harness uh, your team skills and resources. And glad that there's a number of ways to to uh, get involved. Um, just as we start to to wrap up the conversation today, you mentioned you're a very ambitious person. Uh, can you speak more on uh, what you uh, are envisioning for yourself for the future? Um, yeah, I want to stick in data because, I mean, data, they say, is the new oil. Um, it's a, a, like a big resource out there. I want to get into data and uh, tech, and I don't want to leave the managerial or the product manager uh, role. Uh, I just want to keep building on that and social impact. I love what I do, and I, I, I um, one of the things I'd like to do, uh, honestly, uh, is I'd like to do my master's degree and uh, focus on how data can be used for policy making, because that's a very rare skill set in Africa. Um, Policies are being made in Africa, but how are they being made if there's no data? So when COVID-19 hit, um, you know, governments didn't know how many hospital beds they had. And that wasn't only in Africa, that was all over. So how are they going to make decisions if they don't know how many children live in a particular county or a province? So something I want to do is sharpen up, do my master's degree, sharpen up those data skills and statistical analysis that are able to now create evidence-based policymaking. Amazing. Uh, that is uh, super impressive and also very inspiring. And I look forward to continuing to follow you on your leadership journey. I'm sure that uh, in just a short number of years, you'll be doing exactly uh, what you've described, and that will have a, a huge impact uh, on the continent and uh, the the global health uh, sector. So, uh, Tricia, thank you so much for your time today and wishing you the best of luck. Thanks, Chris, and thanks again for having me.